Okay, everyone, welcome back to another edition of The Hard Sell. I'm Joel Stevenson, your host. And today we've got a, a really interesting guest. Uh, Tony Morris is a conversion strategist. Uh, he's, he's a best-selling author of five books. Uh, he's contributed for Forbes. Um, he runs an international sales training company. Then, and as part of that, they've trained you know, nearly 40,000 uh, sales professionals across many, many industries. Um, and, and he's he sort of sought after live speaker, which, which we'll maybe talk about in a little bit. Um, but it's great to have you on the show, Tony, and, and welcome to the hard sell. Uh, thank you. Really, really pleased to be here. And you almost make me sound quite good when I hear those things. So thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, we, we, we aim to please here. Uh, I, you know, I, I have great respect for anybody that, uh, you know, makes a living working with other salespeople just because it's, um, you know, I think uh, selling oftentimes, uh, you know, maybe gets a bad rap, uh, maybe from some bad actors or just, but it's, you know, it, it is critical to the economy and the spread of ideas. Yeah. And so I think for, for, to me, for people that, you know, are investing in making other people better salespeople, that's only going to be sort of a net benefit. I, I feel. Well, it's interesting. I, I, my son's 14, Harry, and he wants to, he said, dad, I want to do what you do. And I was like, do you know what I do? He's like, not really, but it sounds fun. Um, and I said to him, you know, we should write a book together. So we've started doing a book called Selling Through the Eyes of a Child. Hmm. So I explained sales to him. He explains it back to me uh, through his lens. But to be honest with you, Joel, to get him to write it would be the best sale I'd ever make. And I think by the time it's finished, it'll be like selling through the eyes of a granddad. Because <laughs> I just can't get him to commit um he's like oh we'll do it next weekend yeah that's what he keeps saying bless him but now i've told him that wiley are publishing one of my books he was like dad let's do it i'm up for it we'll see but uh, but the reason i raise this is i think it's a life lesson that everyone should learn and i think it should start a school and i don't know about in america but in the uk they they don't talk about it and i, and I think that, that's a massive error personally it should be part of the curriculum yeah, it's, it's similar in the U.S. There are a couple of, uh, there are a handful of university curriculums that I'm aware of that that teach selling, um, but but it, it's quite rare. And I, I think when I, I remember back a long time when I was in university, this guy, um, Mike Muni came in to talk to a class that I was in, and he was the original founder of ACT, which was like the first oh, right. kind of personal relationship manager software. And he was sort of saying, you know, no matter what you do, you're, you're in sales. And if you were going to pick a skill to learn early in your career, sales is a pretty good one. And so I was yeah. like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. It's, a, it's so that that's a big reason why I took, uh, you know, my first job was in sales as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just, it's, it's a life skill because it's communication. If, if you think what sales actually is, it's using words to make impact. It's about persuasion, influence. Um, it, it's We can use that in every single area of our life, no matter what you do, uh, not just a work thing. So yeah, look, I agree. Yeah, that's right. Now you, you had mentioned um, that you've got uh, a book that's uh, that's being published by Wiley. I think that's the Coffee for Closers. Is that is that right? Yeah, so it was the first book I published, um, self-published actually, 2012. Um, and it became an Amazon bestseller for telemarketing. That was its niche, mm -hmm. which I was really, you know, proud of. I think I got it into WH Smith's actually, which is a big 
book retailer in the UK. I think mm-hmm. in America, you've got Barnes and Noble. Yeah, it's sort of the equivalent. And, and I did that actually by cold calling WH Smiths and, and managed to get it onto their shelves, which when I told Wiley, they like didn't believe me. They said, mm-hmm. no one does that. So for <laughs> me, that was when I went to I went to took my family to Disney to see my book on the travel shelf or in the travel shop, WH Smith's travel shop under business books that was quite a proud moment i guess but yeah since that time i've now done four other books and i'm currently writing three others including the one with my son which will never get written um but i got introduced to wiley by a friend of mine a guy called dan disney who's also got a couple of books published by wiley and they spoke to me and they said look we've read coffees for closers we love it we'd love you to do a revised edition. So I've got to get that in by end of this month and it's going to come out in March next year. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that actually. And what are some of the things you, you mentioned the you know, focus is, is telemarketing. I'm, I'm curious, you know, if you wrote it, uh, I guess about a decade ago now and, and you're revising it, like what are some of the things that as you're, as you're reviewing kind of the original versus the updated version that have changed that you sort of feel is important to, to update or revise and, and how things are working today? That's a really good question. So there's, there's two answers, really. So the, the book is about, it's, it's all about sales, but it's more about um, my career to date so you know i set my i started sales 22 years ago although i agree i've always been in sales but 22 years ago as in i was paid to do it and um and and i've had a lot of stories like we all do right so the book is about my stories and it's done in a humorous anecdotal way but there's also some content in there practical ideas but to answer your question i guess the changes are of how we now sell has changed in terms of how people buy has changed. That's the biggest difference because my understanding really from what I've read and and understood is buyers, no matter what they buy, are sort of 58% down the buying journey by the time they speak to a salesperson. 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. I don't know what the number was, but it was Mm -hmm. probably half that. So therefore, knowing that, we're speaking to more knowledgeable um, buyers, so therefore we've got to share insight of things they won't know uh, we've got to have better more intelligent conversations um, and, and there's a whole other ream that goes into it and I think prospecting's changed you know when I when I published the book I used to cold call I, I don't cold call now I do a lot of research I normally send them a, a video using bomb bomb mm-hmm. a personalized video I normally put something in the post something a bit quirky that makes me stand out and then I make a call. So it's definitely not cold anymore. Whereas I think 10 years ago, you could have done that. So I think that's the biggest shift. And and I've already started talking about that in the book. Um, In actually, I'm saying 10 years ago when I wrote this, that wasn't the case, but now I'm doing a revised edition. This is the case. So I think that's going to help the reader see sales through a, a different lens, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it strikes me that, COVID has also been a little bit of an accelerator to this because I bet even, you know, five or six years ago, you could still probably get somebody on an office phone and, you know, except for industries that largely have to answer the phone to do their job or like, that's still a big part of what they do. Like, I don't know, like the auto parts shop or the restaurants or something like that. If you're going to prospect to anybody in tech or probably 
you know, some, I've been a lot of financial services, that sort of thing, like good luck getting through on an office phone to anybody. And so then if you're going to call them, yeah, now you're going to call their mobile phone and some people, you know, dislike that. And also I think the, the, the countermeasures are much better on mobile phones where, you know, you've got sort of, you know, spam and, you know, you can sort of send, I send people to the Google assistant and let them talk to the Google assistant before I try to answer. So it's, it's quite different than the early days of like trying to work the switchboard and, you know, get the intro and get past the gatekeeper. And it absolutely is. But in a way, there's two positives to it. Number one, people do respond to WhatsApps now or texts. 10 mm-hmm. years ago, I don't think people would. Yeah. And yeah. the other biggest positive is virtual meetings, right? I, I remember speaking to my ex-business partner um, in my training company that, you know, when we looked at our figures, we converted on average two out of three meetings. So if I want to do X amount of deals, I had to go out physical three meetings a day mm-hmm. because based on the geography in the UK, I just couldn't do more than three, maybe four, but really three. So I was only ever going to win 10 deals a week, which is fine. But if, if my goal is to do more than that, it just wasn't going to happen. Whereas now I can do eight meetings a day. So therefore, um, you know, and my conversion hasn't changed, which is really good. So I'm now able to do more business just because it's convenient. And the other part of that is because I'm sitting at my desk, sitting there for eight hours having meetings, I can now write books because I'm not traveling. So I now work out more than I've ever worked. I do the gym in the morning and then at the end of the day, sort of 5.30, I'll do maybe two hours of writing. And I can never have had that luxury. So I think the pandemic, personally, for me, has been been a game changer. And for a lot of sales businesses, I think. Yeah, it's it it feels a lot different these days. And, and you know, maybe some people long for the for the old days. But, you know, I, I think, it, you know, at least in the U.S., you think about... Uh, you know, in tech, there was sort of this like prototypical enterprise salesperson and they were a road warrior and they were constantly traveling and they were doing the steak dinners and they were entertaining and they were probably away from their family. And, you know, I've certainly seen a lot of hijinks uh, go on on the road and there was sort of, you know, it's it's like almost a, a derivation of the like the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas kind of a thing. It's like not particularly healthy lifestyle overall, I, I would suggest. And uh, I think, you know, we the, this for people that have embraced this and have understood what the new technologies are and how they can take advantage of those. Like you could actually bring a lot more balance into your life versus like you, you know you you had to be a you know you had to be a gold you know an elite medallion member uh, you know of, of whatever airline if you were actually a good you know going to be a real effective salesperson. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's about productivity, right? That the best salespeople in the world they just use the same time that everyone else has better um they don't have more hours yes they probably work longer hours because the amount of business they're doing um but that's their choice if they want to earn a million a year that's what they choose to do so i get that but i guess yeah they're just more productive and and this pandemic has forced their hand and i think buyers now are sort of used to this they're used Mm -hmm. to being in front of a computer screen on zoom whatever platform you know you choose to use which is great i mean don't get me wrong i i speak at a lot of conferences i've just got back from america speaking at outbound and i miss that i miss mm-hmm. being on stage in front of a thousand people and i've got two gigs coming up in a month and then also in the beginning of december as well and that i love you know you yes you can do that virtually but 
it, it's not the same. I, I remember when COVID hit, I had a speaking gig that became virtual and I was talking, it was only about 80 people on the gig, um, but they wouldn't turn their screens on. Mm. So I was talking to a black screen of just names and I really struggle with that. I've never done that before. Um, and I was very conscious of it. And I think my confidence was affected. I just, you know, I like feedback. I like to see people go, oh, light bulb moments. I couldn't see any of that. So I'm sitting there thinking, this is going dreadfully. I don't know if it was or it wasn't, but I didn't enjoy that at all. And luckily, I've not done many of those. And are you seeing, it sounds like you're seeing people want to get back in person and start to do, yeah. you know, sales trainings and sales kickoffs and kind of like that. That's been your experience recently. No question. I mean, pre-COVID, I used to travel to about three countries a month to deliver three gigs. And then I would deliver about 10 days, maybe 12 days face-to-face -face training. Then obviously COVID, I did none of those two. Mm -hmm. um, but now like just take October, I've got 14 days training face-to-face already booked um and in fact i'm fully booked now so it's now november i'm going into november bookings so it's definitely coming back now and my speaking you know I, i'm not back at three gigs a month like i was but um i'm sure that won't be long you know i've got as i said i was in america i've got one in november one in december and already one in next feb so it's starting to happen which is great because i i love that i love sharing a message and inspiring people from a stage, which I've personally really struggled to do virtually. And you, and there's a there's a part of your uh, presentations that I, th I think you're known for, which is like you'll you'll actually do a live sales call uh, mm. from stage. And uh, and I'm I'm yeah. curious, like, is are you starting to do that again now? As uh, you know what I yeah yes I am I I still do that virtually. So I I have an app uh, called TMI Sales University. It's my e-learning product. Again, another positive of the pandemic for me is I built this. It took me a year, but I built it and launched it. And it's like Netflix for sales. Mm. I was actually going to call it sales flicks. I should have, but I didn't. In fact, I still might. So don't nick that. I quite like that name. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's all my content. And what I do is part of my um, offering to my members is they join me twice a month online. Mm -hmm. We have a Q&A, but then I make live calls to their database. So they share with me a lead. During the call, I question them a little bit about their business and then I make calls. But yeah, I think the real impact is, and, and it's been amazing, by the way, I've, I've had some unreal results with it. But the impacts on stage, I, I did a gig probably about four years ago um, in, in UK, it's called Birmingham, the Midlands. Mm -hmm. And it was a gig called Innovation Birmingham. It was a huge center for tech businesses, but they were tech startups. There must have been 250 in the audience. So I did half a day on content. So it wasn't a gig, it was more of a workshop. And then I made two hours of live calls. And what was funny, it was going really, really well. Then I went back on stage to do some more content and someone called back. And I was like, guys, let's, let's do it. So I ran down the stage, got the phone, and it was someone said, yeah, hi, I said, you know, Tony, you call me? And I said, yeah, thanks for returning my call. And I went into my pitch, and I booked an appointment with that guy and his business partner, some lady, and it was worth about £850, the contract. 800, mm -hmm. Yeah, 850 grand for that was a tender. And I don't mm -hmm. know if the company I booked won it, but... I got the opportunity for them um, and they were loving it. I mean, they were like, 
that's ridiculous. But yeah. for me, I do it because without being arrogant, I'm good at it. I've done it for 22 years. It's the only thing I'm actually any good at, that and playing pool. And I um, I like to show people that it's not as hard as they actually think it is. Because when you've got a proven structure, a cool structure, you ask excellent questions and you can listen very well. It, it pretty much is consistent. It's just a case of getting a hold of people. And if you can get a hold of people with the right structure, asking the right questions and you listen properly, you'll get the successful outcome. Yeah. Have you ever had that? I imagine like doing it for that long. There's probably some story where it like went spectacularly wrong or uh, some yes. crazy thing happened. It has. I did it for a client about five years ago. It was a real estate company. And I was on the phone to this guy and he said, um, I was phoning on behalf of the salesperson that lost the deal. Uh -huh. So I've, I've got created a system called Fast. The F is feedback. Uh -huh. And then you go on to A, assessment, blah, blah, blah. So we're on the feedback bit and we were talking about this guy, Rodney, who he met. And I was like, we're chatting away. And the guy on the phone said, yeah, you know what? Very pushy. And I said, look, I'm really sorry you felt Rodney was pushy. I said, you know what? He's so passionate. Sometimes it comes across as pushy. And mm -hmm. he said, Rodney's not pushy. You're pushy. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of said, look, apologies if I sound like that. I'm also very passionate. <laughs> and sometimes, yeah. So I sort of repeated the line. I couldn't really mm. use it twice. Yeah. So that, that went awfully. But you know what, though? I put the phone down. I said, guys, I'm human. I do not get it right every time, but you know what I'm now going to do? And I picked up the phone again and I had a really good call and I put the phone call down. I said, that's the difference. Mm. Most of you would have got that rejection, you know, cried about it and not picked up the phone for the next three days. That's what, that's what an average performer does. Mm. A top performer thinks to themselves, can I learn anything from that call? Not really move on. Or can I learn anything? Yup. This is what I learned. Let's use that next time. That's how a top performer thinks. So I think it was a good thing that I got, you know, it went badly because it worked in my favor to show that I'm human, you know? Yeah, the 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 psychological element of sales is such a big part because, you know, it's, it's such a matter, you know, it's a, you know, in some senses, a numbers game, as you were saying earlier, like, you know, you have to have a certain amount of attempts and then it's a question of, you know, how well you convert on those attempts. But if you, yeah. you know, if you get discouraged, if you don't do the attempts, it, that does, does doesn't tend to make it hard. Well, it's, you know, I talk about it a lot. It's a massive part. And I say, you know, the word rejection is such a negative word. If we change it to feedback or a gift or a lesson, it changes your mindset. And for me, you know, I've been professionally speaking now for about 13 years. And I remember when I started out, I would do this talk on stage and I was dreadful, like really bad, right? My legs were like Elvis Presley <laughs> all over the place. And a professional speaker came on stage to give me feedback. And he, the way he delivered, he said, Tony, the gift I want to give you today is, and then he gave me feedback. But I did look at it as a gift. I was like grateful for that gift. So I didn't look at it as, he could have gone, Tony, you were crap. Maybe don't be a speaker. He didn't do that. He just said, look, this was bad. This is why it was bad. And this is what you can do to make it better. I was like, I love that. Um, and, and that's how I look at sales calls. I don't see it as rejection. I just see it as growth. Um, but it's all about how you view it. It's your lens, right? Yeah.
And I think there's uh, there's even a a very good book called Feedback as a Gift. Uh, at least it's is it's it? popular here uh, in in the U.S. Yeah, it's quite oh, good. I'll check that out. Yeah. Feedback is a gift. I love mm-hmm. that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to buy that on Amazon. So I guess kind of you know wrapping uh, starting to wrap things up here. Um, I'm curious now, like, just what do you see? So for particularly for maybe for, for thinking about sort of sales managers and sales leaders at the moment, um, a lot has changed as, as we've talked about throughout, uh, throughout the, the session here today. But what, what do you think if, if you're, if you're a sales manager or sales leader and you're trying to think like, where is my team likely deficient right now? Or like, where have we fallen behind? Or like, what, what things should I try to zoom in on to try to improve our, our performance today? What are you kind of seeing from your work with, uh, with with a lot of different organizations is, a, is maybe a yeah. theme there. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, good question. I think salespeople have now become keyboard warriors. They think it's acceptable to try and sell via email, right? They do all this research, they share great insights, but they try and make their proposition via an email. And my opinion on that is if that genuinely worked, then we would fire salespeople and we'd hire copywriters because mm-hmm. they write better copy than salespeople, right? That's their job. So for me, no matter what happens in sales, the telephone will always be a necessary, some people say evil, mm-hmm. uh, but it'll be a necessary medium to you know, convey your message. I think the biggest shift is what you do before you pick the phone up. That's been the change. So for sales leaders, I think they need to keep banging the drum that you've still got to pick the phone up. Don't hide behind a keyboard. However, warm up that prospect. Make sure you've done your homework. Make sure you're ready to name drop competitors that you've served. Make sure you know the problems that the prospect faces right now. And most importantly, talk about how you've helped someone like them solve those problems. Um, Get ready to share some good insights. Show them you're a thought leader in that area but you still got to pick up the bloody phone. Mm-hmm. And I think if I was a sales leader today, well, I am a sales leader. I have a team of salespeople. That's the message I'm saying that you got to pick up the phone, whether you like it or you don't, that's part of your game. And it's a little bit like Joel, me saying, I'd love to be a boxer, but I don't like getting hit. <laughs> then don't be a boxer, right? If you're going to be in sales and you've chosen the profession of sales, which I love and I'm proud to be in, you've got to pick up the damn phone. That's part of the game, you know? And if if you don't want to do that, don't be in sales. Well, well said. And and I would even add as a, you know, as a provider of tech that, that helps people uh, with emails, we see a lot of people, you know, fall into that trap of like, well, I'm just going to send a ton of emails and that's going to solve my problem. Like tools like ours are meant to help you get the meeting, you know, and that's where the magic happens. Like we are not the end to end platform. We're sort of a, in in some sense, a a means to an end. And uh, yeah, it's easy. We, We see this all the time where, uh, you know, people think that volume is going to lead to results. And at some level, it, it can if you're really under, you're sort of really under index. But at the end of the day, what you're really trying to do is get somebody on the phone, ask good questions, understand what their business issues are, and then, you know, try to understand how your company can help them. 
Correct. Look, if it's it's such a big point you've made, right? A salesperson today, uh, sorry, a top performer today, use every bit of tech available to them. They've got the best CRM, whatever they believe it to be. They're using all sorts of AI. They're using the best email platforms. They are using the tools. It's almost like going to a gunfight with a Swiss army knife and hoping mm-hmm. you're going to win, right? So good salespeople are productive because of the software, the solutions they use. But you still got to pick up the phone. So we can still, we can warm up that prospect. We can even get a booking in our diary, but I've still got to pick up the phone on that call or I say phone, go on Zoom for mm-hmm. a virtual meeting. I've still got to sell. Just the products are going to, the solutions are going to help me increase the probability of having the opportunity to sell. I think that's the difference. That's right. That's right. Well, we're, we're going to have to wrap it up here uh, on that note, but um, a lot of, a lot of great info today. And, and if people want to learn more um, about uh, you or, or, you know, sales training or, or even pick up one of the books, what's the, what's the best way for folks to learn more? Yeah, thank you. A couple of ways. I mean, my website is tonymorrisinternational.com. Quite easy to remember. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all the social platforms, but feel free to reach out to me. I actually give away, you know, for your listeners, I have a, my coffees for closers that's coming out the, the first edition. I have an e-guide of that. So if anyone wants a copy, tell them to ping me an email or go on my website. I'll be delighted to send them a, one of the e-guides that I've written. That's great. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for that offer, Tony. And uh, thanks for being on the hard sell today. And we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Nice to, nice to be on there. Good chatting to you.